Changes to provide greater support for domestic violence victims comes into force today as we were talking earlier. The Domestic Violence Victims Protection Act enhances legal protections in the workplace for people affected by domestic or family violence. It gives victims the right to 10 days domestic violence leave and flexible working conditions. The bill was introduced by Green MP Jan Logie, Parliamentary Undersecretary for Domestic and Sexual Violence, and was passed last July. Jan Logie joins me now. Good morning to you. Good morning. Given our appalling statistics on family violence, I can understand the government wanting to do something, but how is this going to help? Well, it's a really practical measure responding to um, issues raised by victims of domestic violence in our country about this struggle to keep and work. We've had really good research telling us that I think it's a bit more than half of victims of domestic violence who start their relationship in a job uh, lose that job over the course of the relationship because of the dynamics and that that keeps them trapped in a violent relationship. And so we and we have also heard from victims who have tried to leave and have really struggled to it forward to um, get time off work to go to court to be able to ensure their own safety. So this addresses that and gives them the pathway to safety because people, when they're imagining the future out of that relationship, they need to be able to imagine the means to support themselves and their children. So that means keeping a job, keeping an income. But a lot of people have already said that they, via text and phone call, that they didn't feel they had anywhere to go without family support. And as I understand it, abusers isolate their victims. Without family support, it's very difficult. But this isn't going to solve that with the housing shortage in most of our cities. Well, I mean, I don't think anyone's pretending this is going to solve everything. This is one of the things that this recognises is that to turn around these horrific levels of violence in our country is that it's going to take all of us uh, working together to do that. So it's been amazing to see workplaces and employers stepping into that space to um, do their bit to help their staff members, which you know will have a benefit for their workplace. But government, we've now created a whole-of-government response because we know we can't just leave this to the justice system, that we have to get our housing right, we have to get our income support um, structures right, we've got to get Oranga Tamariki and um, the courts and the police, everyone working together to make sure that victims are supported to be safe and that people using violence are also supported to change. If all of us have to work together to to reduce these appalling stats, why isn't this paid for by all of the taxpayers? Why is the financial burden for the domestic violence protection put on small and medium businesses? Well, that's an argument that's been made against the bill that I've heard. Um, But the Economic research, and in Australia, while they don't have this law, so not every um, survivor in Australia has these protections, through bargaining, it's over one and a half million um, working people have these protections. 
And what they've found is that actually there's a net benefit to the employers over time through being able to keep good staff who aren't forced out of work because the employer doesn't know how to support them going through this. And that there's an increase in productivity because um, they're able to keep the workplace safe and focused by just being able to have these policies in place to keep the focus on the job rather than on um, managing the impact of the violence in the workplace because that's happening right now. Um, A texter asks, what hands-on training and support is being offered to assist business owners to support managing domestic violence issues with employees? What specific detailed management guidelines have been provided? And, And a caller also said, how do you define it? At least with sick leave you can get a, a medical certificate. Yeah. But how do so you that, define what a what a domestic domestically violent relationship is? And so where I guess the expectation is not that an employer tries to work that out, but as if a staff member comes to them and says um, that they they need this leave, that they're in um, a violent relationship or caring for a child who's been affected by family violence, that actually that that understanding and definition is up to the person affected. And my ideal is that as a society, we start believing people when they tell us so that we accept their word on that. Um, The legislation does allow if an employer um, can't accept that and really does think that the employee may be taking the mickey, that they could ask for forms of proof and um, that in Australia their policies have been, it's kind of what's considered reasonable. So that might be a signed statement, it might be something from police or a doctor or a social worker, but I really would encourage employers to to trust people when they tell them because um, we that is one of the things that we need to get right as a society is starting to believe people. In terms of what advice is available, people can go to business.gov.nz, the government website, and there's a policy builder um, platform there to help employers develop their own policies and that the um, Labour Inspectorate and the um, Service Centre for MB all are available on the the MB Service Centre available on the end of the phone to help employers if they've got any questions. And it's been amazing as well to see um, our domestic violence organisations like Women's Refuge and Shine um, alongside Business New Zealand and the Employers and Manufacturers Association step up to provide additional advice as well at a local and national level. So there's a lot of people around wanting to help employers feel confident and get this right because we're all going to benefit when we get this right. Well, we are all going to benefit, which you know, yeah. again brings comes back to the universe, you know, the taxpayer paying for it. But as I understand it, because mercifully I have no experience of being in an abusive relationship, but and and hopefully that continues throughout my life. But um, as I understand it, uh, those who are being abused, especially men, don't divulge. They mm-hmm. you know they find it very very hard to talk about. Yeah. So that's a lot of onus on the employer, isn't it, to to try and sort out if their employees are are being abused, if they're away off work sick, is it because of domestic violence? I mean, how much social work is the employer expected to do? 
we're not wanting employers to be social workers. It's not about um, employers being in a situation where they are trying to work out if somebody is. Tragically, the Family Violence Death Review Committee, you know, who investigate mm. the the situations where this has gone horribly wrong and um, people have been killed, they found that quite often the only other people who knew that um, aside from the family and the people affected were colleagues in a workplace. So often while the boss might not know, but actually colleagues do. And well, what so would the legal about, ramifications of that be if a person ends, you know, under the health and safety regulations, if a person ends up dead and the only people who did know were either the boss or the colleagues, doesn't that put the onus for that death back on the on the workplace? No, it doesn't. Um, because that we know, like those, the person responsible is um, responsible and that those deaths didn't um, happen within the workplace. Um, and but we do know this is about creating an enabling environment for people to disclose and to know that it's safe to tell their employer and that they will get help if they do. And um, and part of that's part of the benefit of this law change as well is sending a message um, that we've got your back if you're going through this. We're going to believe you and we're going to support you to be safe. And that's about that whole of society cultural change, which is really important. Okay, but just, it's not going to be quick. No, and that's the other thing. As I understand it, it takes four to seven, you know, um, men and women will leave four to seven times before they make a final break. Yeah. So how is, how is that two weeks of paid leave going to be used? Well, and just to be clear for employers listening to this as well, that so those... 10 days, it's up to 10 days and the, it's taken as needed and, and the companies in New Zealand who have done this already and those in Australia, employees, it's very rare that they've taken two weeks leave. They take leave as they need it to go to court or um, counselling or if their kids are in crisis and often most victims don't take any leave at all, but having the conversation and being able to think about how to be safe in the workplace is all they need. Um, and of those who did take leave, the average amount of time was kind of four to five days, I think, altogether. Um, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you for your time. It is putting an awful lot of faith in the honesty of employees, and I hope that faith is justified. It has been overseas and in our experience in New Zealand. All right, thank you for your time. That is Jan Logie, Green MP, Parliamentary Undersecretary for Domestic and Sexual Violence. Ready, steady, 